nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. We are here a day before Real Madrid return to La Liga action. They are going to take on Villarreal tomorrow at Ceramica. Our dear Lucas Navarrete will be on site as press. Look forward to hearing from him after the game. In the meantime, we're going to do a preview. Jose Perez is back, refreshed, rejuvenated after the holidays, after some travel. He's back now in the Netherlands, and yes, he's ready to go. So, Happy New Year, buddy. How you doing? Happy New Year, Kian. Happy New Year to everyone. Glad to be back. Glad that La Liga and La Liga action is back and that we can keep talking about it. And yeah, looking for looking forward to tomorrow's game, which uh, will be will be kind of an interesting opponent. If this game had occurred like before the international before the World Cup break. It would have been a much easier victory because, like, Villarreal was coming off a complicated that complicated handover from Emery to Setien, and now after the break, things look a bit better for them. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Villarreal and how they'll fare, how they'll set up, what they look like, just to give a little bit of scouting report for our listeners. Villarreal trying to surge back into a Europa League spot. They are one point back of. Betis in sixth place and obviously a new coach uh, abrupt departure from Unai Emery and now they're in the hands of the all too familiar Kike Setien who just many criticize um, the appointment because they're like what has Setien done in the past X amount of years does he deserve to just be taking you over via Real side um, he is known you at least know what you're getting from him in terms of identity why don't we talk about we can take it further back, Jose. The departure of Emery. Maybe just explain some of the tactical differences between Emery and, and Setien. We can start there. Yes. So the thing with Emery, like the funny thing is that I sometimes like to criticize Emery for being conservative, but the man is still, regardless, a damn good coach. And it's been uh even Villarreal is in an interesting situation because I do think that squad-wise, they have a squad that is, at the very least, as talented as the one of Betis and Real Sociedad. In my opinion, it's even deeper than their squads. Uh, but they've been struggling a bit more to get into like that top five, six spot. Um, a lot of bad. They've had a lot of bad luck with injuries, most especially Gerard Moreno over the last two years, who spent a large amount of each season injured last season happened the same thing this season he's been most of the first half injured and it, and in a way it's it, it, it was kind of it, it's kind of great that Emery still managed to get to land the team around seventh place despite lacking their most their most impactful player in the attack because that's what Gerard Moreno is and 
they still bad they still managed to find uh uh to get to get results then they even had the uh other players who showed up like Danjuma that had a really good season la last year but now this one eh it's but it's look he he's been injured for a bit but then the other thing then after recovering from injury hasn't looked as good so they've had some injury problems to deal with uh and while they were trying to sort all of this out then Emery leaves so uh, what's that? What are the main things that change? Emery is more of a four-four-two guy. Uh, that's how he likes to set up his team. That's how Villarreal often set up. Uh, now that this is moving into Setien ter territory, then this is more of a four-three-three, and that is probably the biggest change, like structurally. So the team is now set up in more of a four-three-three. Uh, rather than look at what was done before the World Cup break, I think it's more uh, like I think it's better to look at what's ha what happened in the last league game against Valencia, where he used what I think is a very interesting setup, which is uh, a kind of four-three-three. Where uh, so what are the things that we're seeing compared to Emery? First of all, Gerard Moreno, who a lot of the time was kind of used in right wing with Emery, now he's playing as the nine. So that's one of the big changes. Uh, the other one, so in midfield, you still have like that uh, that unit of uh, of Etienne Capu and Emparejo, but now they're kind of now. What's very interesting is that Setien is almost using Alex Baena uh, as an interior. So Alex Baena is young player who has been doing some really nice cameos in Villarreal, usually starting as a left winger. And right now, Setien is playing him basically as the right number eight. So that's an interesting change. He wants to take advantage, and he's putting also Samu Chukwese on the right side. Again, Chukwese, who hadn't started for a long time, he hadn't really started. He wasn't the starter under Emery. Emery probably saw him as a more chaotic player. Uh, and, now, and now he's starting. So all in all, the trends is more towards a more offensive-minded 4-3-3 and uh, I would say that's that's the main change going from Emery uh, to Setien. Um, it's really interesting to see their kind of gradual progression under Setien. You mentioned the new wrinkle against Valencia. I think that's the that's the game you look at as like something that you can kind of really look at as a tangible improvement for them. I think because if you look at Setien's yes. pr previous results, I mean, it didn't start off great in the Setien era. Uh, took over a team that was doing okay, but had its challenges and had its struggles. First few sets of results weren't great. They've won now five in a row official matches. I'm not going to count the the three friendlies they had in the World Cup, which they all won, but the, they've won five official La Liga matches, official matches, including Copa del Rey and La Liga, sorry. Uh, the Copa mm -hmm. del Rey ones were just big thumpings over really inferior opponents. The La Liga ones, more impressive, notably the one against Valencia. And I, I think when we talk about tough away games, I kind of pencil them in as a tough away game, regardless of how they're doing, generally speaking, because they're they're a team that generally has a lot of talent and game changers. And to be honest, like maybe I could say that about every every La Liga away game we have, we just kind of expect to struggle. But Villarreal have that 
ceiling. And, and now that Moreno is back, I think that's really important for them. This guy is a really, really efficient player. He's a player that if you give him a chance, um, he's very likely to at the very least hit the target and make make you work for it. So they got they got really good players. Obviously, that goes without saying. One of my favorite wingers in Spanish football, Jeremy Pino, who I always enjoy watching. Dan Juma, who was a wild card. Generally, I expect him to struggle against Barcelona, but to turn into Garincha against us. So, like, they got they just got a lot of talent. Um, so, you do you expect him to kind of take the Valencia route in terms of the lineup that Setien will deploy, Jose? I think that's what, that's exactly what I was trying to figure out, and I think there's a good chance that it will. So, reviewing that lineup. So, the other... Uh, traumatizing event that has happened recently at Villarreal is that Jeronimo uh, uh, Rulli is leaving. So he's leaving for Ajax yes. because Villarreal's coffers need a bit of money. They were already a bit tight over the summer. And so they, these guys are going to make whatever sale they can. And that's and, and that's a good sale. And, and that's a good sale financially, even if it might leave them without uh without like a really informed ke- keeper. So right now the one who's taking over is Pepe Reina, so uh, who is still playing, he's still like, I don't know, 40 at this point. Um, incredible. It's, it's incredible. So Reina is starting the center back pairing, uh, as secure as always, Albiol and Torres. Uh, Moreno on the as the left back, right back. I think we're gonna see uh, Juan Foyt return to the starting spot. Um, he had already he already had a really nice cameo again against Valencia, and this time I think he'd be starting. Uh, I would expect the midfield to be the same, the midfield and forward lines to be the same as were done uh, against Valencia. So that would be Parejo, Parejo, Capu, and Alex Baena as the midfield trio, and then up front we would have Chukwese, Moreno, and Jeremy Pino on the left wing. So. I am kind of expecting the same lineup with the only change being Juan Foyth as the right back. And that's going to be, by the way, one of the big duels of the night just to see how Foyth can deal with Vinicius. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the key matchup because, yeah, I don't know, uh, was it last year or two years ago? I think it was last season where Foyth had a really, really good performance against Vinicius at Ceramica. Or maybe it was at the burn. I don't even remember. I just remember that fourth versus Vinicius was a yeah. good battle, and fourth really, really did well in that matchup. And he's a, he's a he's a really good right back. I think one of the more underrated yeah. ones, maybe in in La Liga. So that that's a key matchup. What do you have any other matchups circled as key matchups? So others that I could have as key matchups. It will be interesting. Well, now looking at the fact that Carvajal is not start is not starting. So yeah. That so that matchup of what will happen on that left side with uh, Moreno and Jeremy Pino against against Lucas and whoever's starting right uh, on the right wing that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting one I think given the fact that Lucas is starting that might make it because because uh, this time around I think uh, Ancelotti's go, going over the usual conundrum of like uh, does Rodrigo start or does Valverde or does Fede start? I think there's a good chance, given the fact that Lucas is starting, that he might go for Fede in this one. And also, in general, I think uh, Villarreal is a team that's gonna want will want to have the ball and go. Uh, 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 will want to have the ball, want to build up from the back, and 
we might and Real Madrid might want to do some pressing against that. Fede could help in those situations, and he might also help Lucas on the right wing. That being said, I think um, the matchup on the other side looks a bit safer because it's Alex Baen and Chukwese who are both. Like I would say that that's the more dangerous side because you have on one side the one versus one threat of Chukwese that frankly in the Emery era we we didn't see it that much because for Emery Chukwese was more of an impact substitute. It looks like under Setien he's going to have a bigger role, and when he's on fire, I mean he is a really good, a really fun dribbler to watch. A player who sometimes has lacked end product, and maybe that's why. He hasn't become like as important of a player for Villarreal as he, as he could be, but he can still create a threat. He still, I think, he scored against Valencia, if I recall, uh, if I recall correctly. Yes, and that's uh, uh, that's going to be one threat. So Chukwese trying to get something uh, against Alaba and Mendy, and then Baena. The interesting thing about Baena and one of the ways he can generate goals is that. Out of the three midfield, uh, out of the three midfielders, and this time, Baena is more a midfielder in name because what he's going to do is try to do very aggressive runs in behind the defense. He generated interesting stuff. Like there was a massive chance at the beginning of the Valencia game that he managed uh, that that he that he almost generated for Gerard Moreno. Moreno like inexplicably missed it. Um, but that was a really good one because it was a situation where like Chukwese is going for the one versus one while Baena is doing like an underlapping run and trying to run in behind the defenders. So you could have exact like you could have example, you could have situations where he's also doing that. The good thing is that um well there's Mendy on that side, so that should make things more difficult for Chukwese. And in that, and then yes, uh It'll, it's going to be Alaba and Tramani who's going to have to be careful about those runs that Baena could be making. So those are the threats that I am thinking about. Then the other thing that's important to mention, uh, without Ruli and just in general, without the defensive structure provided by Emery, this team looks weaker in the box when defending the box. And that might be... That might be useful for the likes of Benzema, Vinicius, or Fede, Rodrigo, whoever is in, whoever is in the front line, because this team looks less organized defensively than Emery's. Um, that, I mean, that, that'll be a given and hopefully makes it more fun for the yeah. neutral. And I, I, I pretty much will say any open game, Real Madrid versus anyone, it generally will suit Real Madrid more than the opponent. There are exceptions to that, of course. Um, but you, you never know, like... Rayo, Rayo did that in Vallecas and really, really outplayed us. So it's sometimes the size of the team and the strength of the team, it, it can all go out the window when you have the momentum and you have the crowd and you're playing with the adrenaline. That Vallecas game, maybe also there was the, the whole World Cup lingering. Maybe our minds weren't completely in the game. There's there's room for that too. But um, Villarreal's XG, basically since taking over from Setien has been you know, it's been pretty good. Um, I think the they're they have a decent chance to create a lot of chances, and that might mean more space for Vinicius and Co to work with Vinicius and Fede if he if he plays on the right. 
Um, did we miss anything? I mean, there's there's good chance we did miss anything, but we have about four minutes to prioritize something in particular, if you want. No, I kind of agree with you that it, it looks like it's going to be a fun game because uh, compared, let, let's just say like Emery made like a pretty rocky team. This team is going to be more offensive and more likely to concede, uh, more likely to concede. I think the first few games under Setien, it looked like a very safe, flat possession structure that wasn't generating anything. And the, with some of the changes that Setien has done and putting more offensive players like Chukwes and Baena, they, it, those inclusions have helped uh, Villarreal be a team that's starting to produce uh, that, that's starting to produce a bit more. But it might, it does come at the cost of defense because uh, in the end, like you're putting a guy like Alex Baena as a midfielder, even though he doesn't really have the defensive work rate of a midfielder. So uh, this uh, and in general, whenever you see, for example, this Villarreal team, like whenever I saw them tracking back versus Valencia, uh, structurally, it was it was messier. It wasn't, for example, the very clean lines of two that you would see under an Emery team. And if the opponent gets close to defending the box, you always like it, there are many situations where I just saw like midfield line very far away from the defensive line. So it just looks messier. And that's, yeah, that's going to, I think that's going to lead to a more fun, to a more fun, a more open game. Um, keepers might have a big role. And I think that's where Real Madrid has a bit of an advantage. I mean, Courtois just came with, uh, after having a, or a, a bit of a shake your first half of the season. Likely injuries had to do with that. Uh, his performance against Valladolid was basically the the kind of uh, Courtois that we saw last season, uh, st like stopping some stopping some things that were really worth. Like he stopped like a clear one or two goals there. And if it comes to uh, to to a Real Madrid via Real game that sees both teams throw punches at each other and a lot of come and go. I think Real Madrid has the advantage not just because they have the talent, uh, uh, they have the talent up front, but also because they have the keeper that's in better form. Um, it's going to be fascinating. This is the first Jose, first game of a pretty difficult schedule, and it goes via Real Valencia, Athletic, Real Sociedad. Valencia, Mallorca, Elche, Osasuna. That eases up a little bit. And then Liverpool, Atletico, Betis, Espanol, Liverpool, Barcelona. So long season ahead of us, my friend. Jose, thanks for your time as usual. Yes. Your scouting reports are invaluable. Thank you for doing them. It's always great to have your insight. I appreciate it. And for the listeners, we'll be back after the game tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And if you want access to two bonus shows we did on Wednesday and Thursday, really fun episodes with Matt and Lucas. Go over to patreon.com slash Madrid and get in on that action because there's now a Discord server there. There's also a private Facebook group. A lot of cool bonus content you can get over on patreon.com slash Madrid. Thank you, Jose, for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Kian, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. And before we wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash Madrid and specifically to our $10 plus patrons because if you pledge $10 or more per month, you not only get access to everything and not only get guaranteed responses to your questions, you also get a specific shout out at the podcast. So shout out to our $10 plus patrons as follows, Brandon Alvarez, 
Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wei Pairing, Tobias Royal Bacher, Talab Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Samuli Justin, Samar Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, uh, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafari, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moeller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Khan P, Christian Toff, Krishna Costa, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Anirudh Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being a part of this family. And Hala Marid.